Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. If your go-to card is a debit card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And there are no fees, period. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Just watch me love myself That's all I want Got what I want That's all I want I'm not sorry I'm Claire Fallon. And I'm Emma Gray. And this is Love to See It, an obsessively detailed recap podcast about reality dating shows like The Bachelor and other pop culture that makes us laugh, cry, and curse the patriarchy. We can't live with these shows and we can't live without them, but we can break down every juicy moment and unpack all the weird messages these shows send us about love, sex, and dating. Welcome to Love to See It, a podcast about embracing the unknowability of the truth and just accepting that all we have are our gut feelings and the futures that we envision together. This week, like Joey, we are all philosophers of the heart. Yes, it's week four of Joey's Bachelor season and the drama has reached such a fever pitch that Joey is actually, yes, questioning whether objective truth even exists or merely subjective truth claims made by people such as Sydney and Maria. Also, sausage wheels? Yeah. So much to dig our teeth into this week. Luckily, not literally, because I think I would have vomited if I had had to do the sausage wheel. I I would happily dig my teeth into a sausage right now if that's if that were available to me. But I'm happy to dig my teeth into the drama instead. Uh, Before we get into it, we wanted to let everyone know that we will be recapping Love is Blind Season 6 over on Rich Text. So make sure you're subscribed at claraandemma.substack.com to get those episodes right into your inbox, right into your podcast feed. Very excited to discuss this new season. This is a pretty big week for Love to See It. We have some really cute new Galentine's Day merch. Today is Galentine's Day for those that don't know. And our own Tatiana drew a beautiful drawing that is printed on crewnecks and a mug, and you can get a little art print. They're adorable. You may have seen some of our golden bachelorettes having a little Galentine's Day hangout on Instagram in them. They look amazing. They say we're here to make friends, and we are. They say we're here to make friends, you know, a little homage for the OG fans. And you can find all of that at lovetoseeitpod.com under merch. And also, we have a very exciting new kind of episode coming later this week. 
And it has a little something to do about the guy on the Chiefs. Uh, So let's dive in. This episode was so dense with drama and events that I kept getting, like, losing track of where I was in the episode and being like, well, I've been watching this episode forever, but it's almost over. And then being like, oh, I've watched 20 minutes of this episode. (laughs) And there's so much happens. So much. And we don't even get a rose ceremony. It's truly wild. So we begin with, of course, a cold open, except this cold open has some music. Yeah. I guess they felt like Sydney and and Maria sitting silently next to each other on a boat was not quite dramatic enough to convey the moment. So they had to add like this ominous action suspense movie music. Like, yeah, you were like, (laughs) they really wanted you to think like one of these women is headed to their death. Yeah, a watery grave. (laughs) So cut from that to the beginning of the week. The women are feeling pretty demoralized by how badly the situation in the house has devolved. But Kelsey A and Kelsey T are here to be our Kelseys of reason. Kelsey A says that this is just taking up way too much space in everyone's mind. Sydney's, Maria's, Joey's, everyone's. And Kelsey T says, from her perspective, Maria's intentions are good. But Sydney is, quote, very headstrong and can't get over it without being right. This, from what we see, this seems like a correct read. This seems like such an accurate read (laughs) that I was almost like, I can't believe they included this instead of just people being really shrill, like, and hateful toward each other. Instead, it's like Kelsey giving this very even-handed, correct diagnosis of the situation. I need both Kelsey's to just hang out with me at all times, keep my head in the game. I think they they could really help me. Yeah, regulate my emotions, (laughs) you know, move forward with healthy intent. Yeah, we all need a Kelsey to make sure we move forward with healthy (laughs) intent. And meanwhile, Maria is confiding in Allison. I love their friendship because it seems like Allison just found another woman who looks almost exactly like her to be her best friend in the house now that Lauren is gone. (laughs) Yes. And they were close. I think we saw the three of them together a lot before Lauren left. But now it's really just Allison and Maria attached at the hip. And Maria says uh, that yesterday showed what bullying truly was. And it wasn't Maria doing it. And she says, quote, did I call her a troublemaker? Yeah, because she's causing trouble. Did I say she looked dumb? Yeah, because I begged her to stop doing this. But again, no matter how nice you can be to someone in this house, you can't win. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was like, well, would you call that nice? I know. She I mean, was like, to- I was so nice to her. I called her dumb for a very good reason. And you just can't win with some people. Just to an extremely honest, funny series of sentences. Oh, it was absolutely <laughs> hilarious. And to be honest, I am more on Maria's side at this point than Sydney's. But <laughs> it's not like she was making overtures of deep friendship. <laughs> They don't like each other. Yeah, no, it's, listen, I, I'm more Team Maria at this point, too. But then there are these moments where I'm like, I do I do see why it could be easy to find yourself in a feud with her, for sure. <laughs> uh, Allison and Maria agree that it's time to put this in the past and just have a good day, as if it's up to them. <laughs> Amateurs. Yeah, please. Jesse then arrives and tells them that the good news is that Joey sees his wife in this room. The bad news is they won't be seeing him tonight because Joey is no longer in L.A. He has fled 
to Malta, the ancestral home of Mayor Pete Buttigieg. I did not know this. Oh, yeah. Maltese American Pete Buttigieg. Really important Mayor Pete trivia. (laughs) So thank you, Claire. (laughs) I mean, it's I'm always happy to be able to tie Mayor Pete pete into bachelor whenever i can so this was exciting i thought you were from the ancestral homeland of mayor pete so i I didn't realize he had a different ancestral homeland that is kind of the crazy thing is that my ancestral homeland is where mayor pete is from but his ancestral homeland is where they're going for this next leg of the bachelor so, it's like everything connects. Everything I, I'm connects. like that meme where like with all the <laughs> cork board. No. Yeah. By the six like, series Claire, of Kevin Bacon, I am in Mayor Malta. Pete, you're <laughs> dating Joey. I'm dating Joey in Malta. Wow. The women I'm so jealous. So thrilled. I mean, of this is their first stop and it's an, an international it's in Europe. trip. Yeah. I, I mean, some seasons they'd be getting Virginia and they'd have to pretend to be happy about it. I feel like charity's season, they barely left the country. Oh, yeah. No, poor, the bachelorettes <laughs> often get screwed, but charities was pretty. They were like, here's another little known but lovely United States of America <laughs> <laughs> tourist location. <laughs> um, so... Autumn is very excited, though she is unsure where Malta is. She's like, Europe? I think it's Europe. I'm not sure. I've never been to Europe. Is Malta in Europe? And it is. It is. I want to be very fair to Autumn and say that I wasn't sure either. And to be fair, it is kind of in the Mediterranean between Europe and North Africa. And so it is in kind of one of, it's like a, a cross-cultural sort of crossroads in in between Africa and Europe. And so Joey is awaiting them in beautiful Malta. He is bestriding the stone streets. He's praising the old school vibe of Malta. I mean, (laughs) I guess most places in Europe are old school compared to the United States. And I I'll give him that. Yeah, I get the sense that Malta is not like, has not been like devastated by any recent wars or anything like it looks like a lot of quite original like very old stone architecture yeah it did remind me a little bit of what it looked like in croatia like dubrovnik Mm -hmm. and split like all the cobblestone with the original buildings and you're kind of winding through the streets to get places yeah yeah, it's it is very an old beautiful. school vibe, you know. It's an old Show school me the vibe, lie. and he's like, you can tell there's a ton of culture. You can just tell. It's all you just get that. It's feeling. right in front of you. There's that culture over yeah. there. You're also close to the water. There's a lot of beauty. Something about it just feels right. Our our travel writer Joey, and then we get this incredible in the moment. I believe we have a clip. By the end of this, I'm hoping to bring someone to the Alta. But before I do that, I have to hang out in Malta. So bad. It's good, though. It's good. It's punny. Oh, (laughs) At that point, a little asterisk (laughs) pops up, and it says on the screen, producers promise to do better next time. I loved this moment so much because, to me, it speaks to the slight change in tone that we've yeah. seen in the show. Like, there is a cheekiness. They are allowing Joey to both deliver the cheesy line that they always have to say about the new place, but then also make fun of himself. It's it's kind of like what we saw uh, during the credit sequence last week with Jesse. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I mean, they will do these little skits with the host sometimes, especially Jesse, because he's he's got the comedic chops for it. But the fact that they're letting the lead be funny, I feel like they haven't let that happen, especially the men in a long time, if ever. And this felt like a carryover from something they did a little bit on Bachelor in Paradise this season, like showing more interactions between the producers and the cast during those in-the-moment filmings. They used to really hate doing that. They wanted to seem like contestants were just saying what they were saying without... Yeah, they were off the cuff. They were... There were no... They weren't being guided in any way. They weren't being scripted, for sure. Here, they're actually kind of admitting that they script all the shit, he says. Which or at least obvious. some of it. W- but they would never want us to know that normally, right? Like, they're showing that they do that, that they intervene and script lines for him in order to have this cute moment of him kind of making fun of them and giving them shit and, like, laughing at himself. And I think that's such a worthwhile trade-off because we all know that they script stuff. Exactly. But it's so humanizing to Joey. And I wish, I hope this like continues. Humanizing to Joey and also feels like they're treating the audience less as a bunch of idiots who think that (laughs) these leads are just coming up on their own and off the cuff delivering puns about how this random European country is the best place to fall in love. Like we know that that stuff is fed to them. Yeah, but it, but we don't get the benefit of, like, seeing their real personality, where instead we're like, we right. know that it's not quite what we're being shown, but what is it? Like, all they're showing us is them delivering these scripted lines and, you know, saying, like, oh, I'm so sorry that happened to you during people's traumatic reveals on one-on-one dates. Yeah, now um, we know the real Joey a little bit, and that's yeah, why we, know him we both really have well. a devastating crush on him. <laughs> More on that later. So (laughs) the women roll up to the hotel in Malta and Jess offers her own Maltese fun fact, which is that the Maltese dog originated there. No mentions for Mayor Pete or the classic film, The Maltese Falcon. I'm disappointed, but (laughs) at least she learned about the Maltese dogs. The first date card then arrives and it is for Lexi. Let's explore Malta together. Yay, Lexi. She's very happy. It's clearly reaching the point. It's hard for the other women to be happy for her. I think around episode four, you feel that turn. A lot of winners get their first date between episodes like three and five. And so they're really in crunch time now. And it's not feeling as nice to like be happy for your friend. Yeah, it's heading into that portion of the season where they know that past a certain point, if they don't get a one-on-one, they're just waiting to go home. Right, yeah. And Joey meets Lexi in a sort of tennis pro meets European casual wear look that I enjoyed. It's like a navy polo with good. white like tipping on the collar and sleeves. He's He looks very cute. I love they're always trying to sort of remind us that he plays tennis, even on the few occasions when he's not playing tennis. They're like, doesn't this like, look like we something remember. a tennis player would wear? <laughs> we know, guys. <laughs> They walk around, they have a Maltese pastry they buy from a woman who has a a pastry cart who asks if they are married or lovers. And Joey is like, well, we're getting there, you know, working on it. And he says in his, in the moment that he feels like he's spending the day with his girlfriend. This is a frequent compliment from Joey. And it is the highest praise you can receive from him. Yeah. And it really fits 
him that like this is the thing he's always saying i feel like joey has such boyfriend energy like he seems like someone who who like is finds it easy to relate to women as possible girlfriends and (laughs) is like comfortable with them easily they dance in the streets they play bocce they take in the views they make up by the water they do the whole malton maltese experience and then they go to a beautiful historic church I noticed that Lexi is wearing uh, one of those like modesty shawls that you get when you, you know, wear, for example, a tube top to walk around a European city and you decide you want to go in a church. And they're like, no, you will not have your bare shoulders in here. How dare you? Please drape yourself. (laughs) Um, And they sit in the church and look at the beautiful murals all over. And she says it reminds her of her late grandfather, who was an artist and took her to church all the time, which is so lovely. She seems really, really touched. Sweet. And then the priest approaches them and offers to answer any questions they might have. That's, I assume as a Jew, that that's just what happens at church. I The priest know. wanders around and says, <laughs> would you like me to give you unsolicited marital advice well in a sense it's not unsolicited because they do (laughs) ask for it so in a quite literal sense it is solicited marital advice fair but it does i've never had a priest and this is i'm saying this as someone who's been in many churches i've never had a priest just wander up to me and be like got any questions for me shoot (laughs) hit me with them and, I wish they had asked him about something completely unrelated <laughs> to marriage. <laughs> I know, but they like, what are they going to add? Like, did they have questions prepared? I was like, this is like the part in the job interview where they're like, do you have questions for me? And I'm like, oh my God, I forgot to have questions prepared for you. But Lexi does ask him for marriage advice. And he says basically like, you know, just try to be happy and uh, sage advice. You know, have children. Uh, If you have a son, maybe you name him Paul. I guess this is like the Church of St. Paul or something. I didn't remember. And this was just so obviously set up and frankly evil from production, who we have just been praising for how well they're doing this season. This is so cruel. Lexi might not be able to have kids. She really wants them. And to have this brought up as, like, something she should do in a marriage in order From to, like, be successful. Say, saying that, like, the he says something along the lines of the one of the most important parts to really complete your marriage is to yeah. have children. Yeah. It's very mean and also not I necessarily mean, true. I like mean, I, I think we agree that it's not true. And I think in many religions, like, I certainly it was something I was familiar with from Catholic teaching growing up that like they do believe that. And like, (laughs) I disagree, but uh, yeah, I I don't know if this needed to be a place where that was brought up, but it seems pretty clear that production wanted this to be really roiling Lexi's composure at this time. So, She's really shaken up. Meanwhile, back at the house, Maria and Sydney are having some girl chats. Maria Not Alice, with each other. No. Various girl chats. Maria and Allison are having one of their many girl chats. That They're just like, oh, Maria, you really need a one-on-one so Joey can like get to know the real you. Meanwhile, Jess asks Sydney about how she's feeling about the Maria situation. 
this one seems more obviously like a staged production girl chat just because of the way they're like sitting facing each other and Jess is like how are you feeling about the Maria situation (laughs) heading into this week (laughs) and I feel like Sydney's response must have been edited to make her seem a little bit more unhinged because it just seems sort of disconnected and vindictive but I think you could achieve some of that with editing I think we have a clip I was pretty disappointed at the at the rose ceremony and because he kept her, I can only imagine what story she gave him um, to, to keep her here. You talk that's it, end of the story, you talk So that is why it is so shocking to me that she is still here. Yeah. Maybe other people brought up her talking She's saying, oh, it was out of context, out of context. Okay, yeah, maybe it is, whatever, even though it wasn't. The bottom line is, she just gotta go. <laughs> Even if this was <laughs> clipped, we do see her say the vast majority of it to Jess directly, and Jess is responding yeah. to it. So no, these what definitely I mean are more is that said. like they could have cut out some connective tissue just yes. because it seems yes, sort yes, of yes, weird yes. for her to be like, maybe people brought up her talking shit and she's saying it's out of context. Okay, maybe it is. But the bottom line is she's got to go. And I'm like, <laughs> wait, how did we get from like, maybe there's mitigating circumstances to... Obviously, she has to go without even a single further thought in there. I don't know. It just seemed to not quite hold together. But yeah, she's definitely saying all this stuff to Jess. And also just like the fixation of like, you talk shit. You have to leave immediately the second you talk shit. I'm like, what are you doing right now? Like, if there's a zero tolerance policy for, for talking shit. Every person talks shit. If you get caught, that's shitty and can be hurtful and you should probably apologize and move on. But that's not a capital offense. Yeah. I mean, if it were, a lot more people would have gone home by now. I personally witnessed far more people than Maria talking shit at this point. Uh, In her in the moment, Sydney says her brain is completely occupied by Maria and it's affecting her health. She says, I'm exhausted. I'm lethargic. I'm breaking out. She has to tell Joy Maria is the problem. If this is true, I am desperately need her to drop her makeup routine because her skin is the clearest skin I've ever seen in my life. Absolute porcelain. Do I need to <laughs> enlist Maria to get me to break out in the way that Sydney is? Because yeah. it is Please. it's the most subtle breakout I've ever seen. I'm dying. <laughs> For this level of breakouts. I've been, in fact, taking medications to try to achieve it for years of adulthood. So I need Maria to bully me so that I (laughs) can have skin as clear as Sydney's. Exactly. You can see the light like gleaming off of the smooth surfaces (laughs) of her face as she's like, I'm breaking out. I'm like, I I do believe that her brain is completely occupied by Maria because she seems to have completely disconnected from reality and any other forces other than Maria. Yeah. I also believe that she's exhausted and lethargic, but um, I think that's actually pretty typical for being a contestant on The Bachelor. Yeah, they famously get no sleep, and that is by design, by production, in order to achieve the level of emotional reactions (laughs) that we see on full display here. Exactly. I imagine just that she's in, like, like, talks with production being like oh i'm so exhausted and lethargic and they're like yeah maria right i bet it's maria not the fact that we keep waking you up at 6 a.m to do nothing it's maria (laughs) you should talk to joey about that 
What becomes clear to me is that Sydney sees herself as this vanquishing martyr. Mm. And she clearly has been talked up into this position and believes, from my mind, that it's going to play very well. That, like, even if it goes poorly for her and she goes home, she will be seen as a noble martyr. And I suspect that she is confused watching how this is playing back. I'm sure. To the audience now. I'm sure. And I also think that, like, that was a pretty unwise thing to believe because even when it's closer to being the case, like maybe a Genevieve and a Shanae, it still doesn't really reflect well on the other person involved in that dynamic, even if they are sort of perceived as taking on a villain that everyone actually does hate in the house. You still kind of don't want to be the person who is locked in conflict with them because it makes you look obsessed with them and you're kind of tainted by that association. On that note, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Can you keep up? I like love it. The days are officially getting longer, finally. And while there may be a bit more daylight, I still kind of feel like there just isn't enough time in the day to do things like plan and shop for healthy meals. Never. And that's why Hungry Root is your partner in healthy living. It's just the easiest way to get fresh, high-quality groceries and simple, healthy recipes delivered right to your door. Take a short, fun quiz and Hungry Root will get to know your health goals, your tastes, the appliances you use, and more. I mean, I'd always rather take a quiz about myself than have to compose my own grocery list. And then... Once you take that quiz, they'll just build you a personalized cart with all your grocery needs for the week, along with delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to good use and not waste your food. I have been a fan of Hungry Root for years. I have talked before on this podcast about how I am absolutely obsessed with their chickpea chocolate chip cookie dough. It's unreal. You eat it straight from the carton. And Mm. I also, you know, like a lot of their dinner recipes. And it's nice to just have a box of properly portioned food delivered right to your door and have it also taste good. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Love to See It with Emma and Claire listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash LTSI to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash LTSI. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. I am someone who is perpetually facing the issue of my closet is messy and full, and yet I feel like I have nothing to wear. Mm -hmm. But Quince has been an absolute game changer for my style. Same. If I really need a new luxury basic. I know where I'm going to find one that is going to fit the bill, work for a lot of different occasions and styles. And I'm also going to stay on budget, which is a huge plus. They have items like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for just $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. The best part is that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passing 
and passes the savings on to us. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love Quince for their wardrobe basics. Like, I have a really amazing leather blazer from Quince, but I also have gotten really into, like, their luggage and travel accessories. I just purchased an incredible, like, neoprene weekender bag, and it is such high quality. The color is beautiful, and I spent about half as much as I would have spent on a very similar product from a fancier brand name. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash LTSI for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash LTSI. If you're a wine lover, here's a little secret. There is a personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks. It's called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to discover new wines you're guaranteed to enjoy. To start, you just answer a few questions on their website about what flavors you like, how often you drink wine, and if you prefer red, white, or rosé. As always, I love a quiz. (laughs) And based on the answers that you give, First Leaf curates a really amazing selection of wines. Just for you. Later, when you rate those wines, your wine selection gets even more tailored. Choose when the wine is delivered and how often to get new assortments of wine. If you want wine pairing advice or to talk about the wines in your box, you can always speak with one of their First Leaf experts. As someone who loves wine but really doesn't know much about why I like certain bottles and what it goes with, this is such an incredible way to get to know your own taste in wine better. I know. I totally agree. I got to try the Chenin Blanc from South Africa that is part of First Leaf's premium wines collection, and it was so good, and it was not something that I would have necessarily picked out myself a quiz, and good wine. I mean, everyone's winning here. (laughs) Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash LTSI to get your first box. That's T-R-Y firstleaf.com slash LTSI. Tryfirstleaf.com slash LTSI. And we are back and a date card arrives. It's the group date and it goes to Jen, Daisy, Edwina, Caitlin, Allison, Rachel, Autumn, Kelsey T, Jess, Medina, Leah, and Kelsey A. True love is worth fighting for. This, of course, means that there are only two people who have not received a date, and those two people are Sydney and Maria, and everyone immediately realizes It's a two-on-one. I love how this show is so well-known now by the cast that the minute they read the state card, they all immediately know two things. One, they will be doing some sort of medieval night-themed date because it says true love is worth fighting for. Two, it's a two-on-one date. Sydney and Maria are definitely going to be on a two-on-one together to kind of hash out their issue with Joey. And so first they're like, oh my God, we're going to be jousting. And then they're like, oh my God, you guys are going to be on a two-on-one. I'm so sorry that you guys have to do that. Maria in her in the moment is very frustrated. She's like, I just wanted to leave this behind, but that's clearly not happening. And again, the Kelseys really try to be the Kelseys of reason and advise the women to focus on their relationships with Joey, let their own characters shine through instead of 
you know, focusing on the conflict. Kelsey's like, just like move with that intent and everything will be fine. Kelsey T, I think, said that. Yeah. And Maria and Sydney are both sitting there trying to process this with the group, with each other, like three people away on the couches. And it's very awkward. Maria replies to the Kelsey's like, well, I've tried to leave this behind multiple times, but it's, you know, hard when my character has been repeatedly attacked. And then Sydney is like, I never disrespected you. I just said that you were verbally attacking me because you were. And then Sydney addresses the whole group and says like, this is torture and I've been put through the ringer enough and now I have to go on a date with her. I'm fully emotionally drained. It's just too much for one person to handle. Not to be a total dick, but what exactly has she been put through? I, I, this is the thing that the are we that missing is like, something? Right, that's the thing that's getting to me. I'm like, I, I keep trying to like read the tea leaves of like what the other people are saying and reacting with, and how Sydney and Maria are both acting because I don't feel like we're getting everything that's happened. But then when I hear reasonable-seeming people talk about what's happening, it does seem like we're kind of getting everything because they're like, yeah, Maria is challenging. Sydney is fixated on it and overreacting and won't let it go. And Maria's intentions aren't bad and Sydney is just can't drop it. But this is like such a wild way to vocalize what we have seen her deal with. And to vocalize it to the entire group, referring to Maria as if she's not sitting right there. I know. It's so it's so awkward because they're clearly not trying to have a direct conversation, but it's very weird to talk about someone who is sitting next to you by saying that being around them is going to be torture and it's too much for one person to handle. Maria is obviously also very uncomfortable, but we don't see her say anything quite that, like, over the top. She's like, it's just hard. My character has been, like, attacked, and it's frustrating. And Sydney is like, being around that person, the one right there who can hear everything I'm saying, that's going to be torture for me. Has it, can, how can one person be put through so much as to be near that person? <laughs> it's so uncomfortable to watch. It makes my skin crawl a little bit. We also see Sydney in her ITM breaking down... She says, I'm just sick of constantly being disrespected. How am I going to be able to be comfortable when I'm sitting next to someone that has zero respect for me? It's not fair. I don't deserve this. I really don't. Yeah, I just, uh, it does seem to come down to this question of like, does Maria respect Sydney? And I think, I, I guess I agree that she doesn't respect her, but also Sydney doesn't respect Maria. So by that right. same token like it must be so uncomfortable for maria to be on this date with sydney there's no like inkling of of that it's yeah so meanwhile lexi is on her night date joey is in a pink jacket for their dinner and lexi compliments it i believe she refers to it as nice salmon jacket yeah and all i could think was the salmon jacket has a storied history on this show. Yeah, the sisterhood Hannah of the Sam- season. traveling salmon jacket. Exactly. Brotherhood. The brotherhood of the traveling salmon jacket. Sisterhood. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, Hannah B's season. They all wore that jacket. Also, this did not really look like salmon to me. I feel like salmon has become the male-approved way to say pink. pink. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's not pink, it's salmon. And I'm like, well, it doesn't 
really look salmon to me. It looks more just like a, a pink jacket, but it looks really nice on him. Lexi is coming in prepared to tell Joey that she might not be able to, quote, bear his child. There's just, so, I, I'm not like criticizing Lexi for saying this. I'm just noting it because I felt like there was a lot of kind of trad language on this episode, starting kind of with the priest talking about how they had to bring forth children and if it's a male one to name him Paul, like all these very like old school uh, religious, um, like almost like quiverful ideas of, of childbirth. And now like this idea of the importance of being able to bear his child, like she would be carrying his child for him. And that's the language that is used repeatedly. Yeah. It is like such a throwback. I think when I was pregnant, I don't think I ever spoke of it or heard it spoken about as me bearing Greg's child or like I'm carrying his child. It, like it was my child. He was involved. But like, it's like, like it's, I mostly did this, most to be me. honest. Like I, I don't think <laughs> anyone ever like conceptualized it that way. So it felt like a big throwback to me. But I'm sure it's be- I'm, I'm sure it's in her mind. It's because she's talking about the impact it would would have on Joey. Yes. Um, but it was like definitely stood out to me. They sit on a roof for dinner, and Lexi mentions that her walls have been up. Whose haven't? I mean, everyone has walls up this season, and she wants to open up her- to him about why the day was challenging. So oh, she- you mean when production <laughs> tortured you, Lexi? I assume that was challenging. <laughs> when production sent a man in priest's robes to <laughs> tell you that you're not going to be an adequate wife and your marriage <laughs> is doomed to be imperfectly successful. So she tells him that uh, in her 20s, she began to feel ill and she wasn't sure why she spent about a year and a half trying to figure out what was wrong, um, just feeling ill all the time. A doctor finally sent her in for exploratory surgery, and she was diagnosed with stage five endometriosis. Joey then looks concerned and, like, quirks his eyebrow, and she's like, do you know what that is? And he has to be like, no, but it doesn't sound good. I think probably a lot of people watching don't know what endo is. Yeah, I was surprised by this framing and that Joey didn't know. I guess I thought that everyone knew what endometriosis was, but uh, apparently not. I think, I would assume that a lot of men do not know what it is. So she explains that it's a condition where tissue that should grow in your uterus grows on other organs, and it was all over her organs up to her lungs. That sounds incredibly painful. It's so horrifying. It's such like a horror movie disease like the the very idea of it is full body horror and they were able to remove everything but the doctor told her afterwards that she might not be able to have her own kids she might not be able to have biological kids or carry a pregnancy so she really chokes up at this and says she's always felt called to be a mother and wants a family of her own so much joey of course wipes her tears away with his magical thumbs His signature move. (laughs) Lexi says that she has only shared this with one person, her ex, who ultimately decided he couldn't be with someone who might not be able to have his children. Yeah, this really upset me listening to her talk about it. Yeah. Obviously, reproductive questions 
come up in relationships. People have a whole variety of feelings about them. But it made me so upset to hear her say that in the context of a serious relationship, she found out about this health issue, this thing that felt personally quite devastating to her. And then as she was processing it, her partner left her. Yeah. Which just sends the message that she is broken, that if you are a woman who cannot have biological children, that you are less than, that you are not, you are, you are not an adequate yeah. partner to a, a man. Yeah. And it, it just, I can, you can see why that would have compounded for her and made her feel so nervous yeah. to talk about this to any future partner or, and it, it just broke my heart. Oh, it's so heartbreaking. And I think it's something that we see a lot in relationship in heterosexual relationships that when the female partner is diagnosed with, you know, a terminal or chronic illness, they're much more likely to be left by their partners than in the reverse situation. A reproductive uh, condition, like, is similarly, I think, something that can really have this outcome where men decide, oh, no, I don't want to be with someone who who can't have my kids. And it all just, like, plays into this idea that women are sort of vessels for male needs. And if they exactly. can't, they can't be an adequate service provider, you know, if they can't take care of him anymore because they're too sick, if they maybe even need care themselves, then they're not a, a, a worthwhile partner. If If they can't have kids well then shouldn't he find someone who can give him kids like really reducing women to their roles as like breeders and caretakers and i do think it speaks to that language of can you bear his children right exactly because you are there for him to create life for him yeah and it is just such a fucking bummer and it makes me so upset that these are just still things that women have to navigate. Straight women have to navigate. Yeah. In their relationships. Yeah. And, you know, obviously it probably would be devastating if, if he wanted kids. It's obviously quite devastating for Lexi. Um, but this like disposability that you would see your right. partner going through that and say, I don't want to be there to support my partner and find a path forward together. But instead, like I'm going to like shed this damaged model and go find one that is, you know, going to meet all my needs without issue is really, is really sad. Just, and it's not something that I think we often see discussed on this show. Like when people have yeah. these traumas, it tends to be um, something of a different, you know, an illness that maybe won't affect that that part of their life going forward or or it's like parental divorce or or loss or something like that and so to for, to see something that real and raw was very was very sad it was very sad and it was very affecting and also i do commend lexi for talking openly about this given that joey didn't even know what endometriosis was i think that that kind of shows you the importance of her giving this a platform and and yeah. speaking openly and I think yeah. that hopefully that will that will help some people that that will resonate with some yeah. people um 
And, it and must I just be wanted very, to give her a hug. Yeah, I wanted to give her a big hug. I know. It must have been very hard and scary. And especially because she does want kids. You know, that's also like you're wanting to be dating people who want kids and to come forward with that. You know, she doesn't. She's just in a, such a position that she would never have chosen. And it's very hard. But I would say that Joey handles this pretty well and very sympathetically. He thanks her for trusting him enough to share something that intimate with him. And he sympathizes with her over how hard it must have been to have her relationship end for that reason. And and then in his In the Moment, he says that he's never had a conversation like this or faced, you know, a conversation about reproductive issues like this. And it's not something anyone has ever felt comfortable enough to share with him, which I thought was such an interesting framing. Like sometimes I'm like, is he like a character written by a woman? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, Joey, is he real? Is a, he, Joey is a character <laughs> written by a woman. This is Joey not believable. Is my fan fiction. <laughs> because like that is an idea that i think women you know not that no men understand this so obviously it's possible and and he is a real person but like i think that's a concept that women are often trying to get men to understand is like just because you haven't heard about this experience doesn't mean that it doesn't happen to women it's just that maybe no one has felt comfortable to share it with you and that's something that he seems to have strongly internalized and then he says uh, something about what this would mean for their future. I think we have a clip. I don't want you to think in any way that's something that I hear and it makes me want to run away. Thank you that's for all, saying that. That's all I can say. That yep. doesn't, it doesn't scare me in any mm-hmm. sense. And there are a lot of other ways to be mm-hmm. able to create a family yeah. through adoption mm-hmm. and other things mm-hmm. too. Things happen for a reason. Mm-hmm. They make you stronger and, and they define who you are. Mm-hmm. You need to know how special you are and how much you deserve everything because I can understand from any type of past experience when something like that comes out, you just, you think there's something that's wrong with you. You do. There isn't. Oh my gosh. To just the specificity with which he clearly read her insecurity and then was able to speak to it directly. It's just such a level of emotional literacy. Yeah. EQ off the charts for a, for a bachelor. <laughs> it was, I was very, I was very touched by that. Um, and then he kind of punctured it a little bit by saying it shouldn't make anyone run away from Lexi because there's so much more to Lexi. And I was like, Lexi is in the room with us right now. Why are we, we talking about her? We don't need to refer to Lexi in the third person. <laughs> yeah, I did not mark that sentence in the clip <laughs> because I just wanted it to be perfect. You just wanted a perfect statement. And I was yeah. like, no, let us never forget when he spoke about Lexi in the third person. Well, we can't, we can't right forget it, but I don't, I don't need to listen to <laughs> it again. I don't need to listen to it again. <laughs> Um, and Lexi is, you know, often after these disclosures, the, the, the contestant is so blown away by how supportive the lead's reaction was. And we're watching kind of like, I guess she was really appreciative of this reaction. And I was like, I actually, I get it. Like he was very responsive to different parts of what she said. He seemed to really like see the different parts of the grief that she was feeling and the insecurity she was feeling. And he responded to them really well and comfortingly and, you know, recognized her 
like suitability to be a mother, which is clearly very important to her. He's like, you clearly have such a mothering instinct. And he was so reassuring. And I think she felt just like incredibly validated after that conversation. And she says, you know, after for a while, I thought I would have to be alone because no one could accept this. (sighs) And I like I really believe that. I mean, like I said before, like it would be one thing if she maybe didn't want kids to find someone else who didn't want kids. But like it must be so terrifying to be like, I want that. I want someone who wants that with me. And then I'm going to have to tell them that it's going to be really, really hard to do that. I really, really feel for her. And I, again, I just made me want to give her a hug. And I also was glad that she got to hear someone mirror back at her and just say directly, you're not broken. You're good. There are going to be, there are people in the world who will step up and be your partner without looking at you as some sort of damaged goods. And I think that because she had recently come off of this relationship where someone literally left her, it's kind of invaluable to be told by someone else that you actually like. That's not a foregone conclusion. Yeah. I do always worry for people who need so much validation from The Bachelor that if they don't win, that it will undercut this in the end. You know, that it will always, she'll always wonder if that played into it if she doesn't win. Um, But I hope that, I hope that that's not the case because I do think that Lexi seems extremely cool and is gorgeous and has a lot to offer a man who sees her as a whole person. Exactly. Joey offers her the rose. They make out. So beautiful. And on that note, we're going to take a break. And when we get back, we will discuss the rest of this episode. Oh boy, a lot is coming. Can you keep up? I like love it. Whether you're trying to save money, eat better, or stress less, HelloFresh is here to help you do all three. Say hello to your most delicious year yet with fresh ingredients and chef-crafted recipes at a price you'll like, delivered right to your door. Yes. I mean, those are honestly three of my top goals for 2024. Save money, eat better. Stop, you know, staring blankly in the fridge at 5.30, wondering what to make for dinner. Instead, This is the year to give HelloFresh a try and dig into their biggest menu yet with over 45 recipes to choose from each week. This time of year, everyone's looking to revamp their eating habits and get back on track. So if you're in the same boat, look to HelloFresh's wholesome health-forward options, like their protein-smart recipes. They say breakfast is the most important meal of the day. And you know what? HelloFresh agrees. In fact, they're giving all subscribers free breakfast for life. That means you'll enjoy a totally free breakfast item with every single HelloFresh delivery. I mean, honestly, HelloFresh has been a godsend because I am really trying to cook more. That is one of my resolutions for 2024. Luckily, HelloFresh does all of that work for me. And that means that I can do things like just whip up some crunchy curried chickpea bowls with kale and golden raisins for me and my partner. I mean... Amazing. Incredible. My husband and I are both trying to get better at cooking. We were both so proud the other week when he made the whole family saucy pineapple pork sheet pan quesadillas. I mean, we would never have thought to make that. We all had a great dinner. It was fantastic. 
Go to HelloFresh.com slash LTSI free and use code LTSI free for free breakfast for life. One breakfast item per box while subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash LTSI free with code LTSI free. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Anyone who's been listening to this podcast for a while or even not that long knows that we love article. I mean, honestly, I'm looking around my home right now. Coffee tables from article. That lovely chair out on my deck. Article. Our big console. Article. I'm My bed frame. Article. This is an article household. It is. And it's, I mean, it was an inspiration to me. We finally got our first article piece of furniture recently, our new couch. And my husband and I are both constantly just like, how did we live before this couch? This is such an improvement over what we had before. It's so comfortable. It just seems to get more comfortable every day. I mean, it's the couch you dream of. And the reason that we have both been able to find ideal furniture on Article is because Article believes in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their online-only model, they have some really delightful prices, too. Their curated assortment of mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandi, and boho designs makes furniture shopping simple. And their team of designers are all about finding that perfect balance between style, quality, and price because we all want the best of all of those three things united in one piece of furniture, right? Plus, they're dedicated to thoughtful craftsmanship that stands the test of time and, you know, looks good doing it. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash LTSI, and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash LTSI for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. And we're back. The group date is about to begin. It's at Fort Manuel, where Ned Stark's head gets cut off, as Joey tells us, because he's a big Game of Thrones fan, and they did film some battles at Fort Manuel. And a producer off screen says, thanks for the spoiler. And Joey's like, oh, yeah, I'm not supposed to say that. If you haven't seen it, Ned Stark's head gets cut off. (laughs) (laughs) That was a great moment. Inside, to no one's surprise whatsoever, two knights in full armor are sword fighting. There are like three knights total, uh, a young man, a young woman, and like an older knight who's in, in charge. He's like the, the elder the statesman. Knight. Yeah. He's like, we're going to do a lot of interesting things today with knight stuff. And the female knight tells them that women can be knights too. And I was like, yeah. Alana the lioness like hell yeah let's <laughs> let's do night style feminism here <laughs> throwback Joan of Arc core <laughs> and she's like you're gonna be training to be knights today so they all go in and put on their special knight garb and they all come out dressed in their various you know, leather kilts and things. And Rachel's like, we look great. You can't give any of us a bad costume because we make it work. (laughs) This is such a nice contrast to when women are fighting over various outfits. They're just all having fun with it. Yeah, I I feel like this season they've been having such good vibe group dates and I love that for me. (laughs) It's it's an excellent vibe shift. Speaking of making things work, Joey is now shirtless, but with a leather kilt and a chainmail, like, sort of like a dicky or like an infinity scarf. A collar? 
call it's like a I yeah, don't know what like a the loose, technical term is. I who knows. Um but he looks very I don't know, some would say attractive, like objectively <laughs> speaking. I don't want to speak on that, but um the women are <laughs> the women are certainly feeling it. I believe we have a clip. Joey looking good. Thank you. Joey looks so good and he looks even better when he comes out in his night costume and has his shirt off. He looks really good. <laughs> It's my first time seeing him in person with his shirt off. I was like, about time. You guys have a lot more clothing than I do. I would describe it as a half-naked Roman soldier. I think I still need to do some push-ups and sit-ups, but it's okay. We're, we're, we're powering through. I tried my best today. Fun-sized bachelor. <laughs> Joey referring this to himself as a fun-sized bachelor. I was like, yeah, you're fun-sized in the sense that it's fun to be fit, tall, and buff. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? I'm like, yes, for the self-deprecation, but I'm concerned that a guy like Joey, who truly looks like the hot jock in a movie from 20 years ago, now feels inadequate because he should look like Deadpool or something. Like, that's not real. You no. would be having to do, like, HGH and you know, dehydrating yourself before group dates to look like that. Also, it's okay if you're a man and under six feet tall. It re- oh, Like, it really is. It's totally fine to be short as a man. It's totally fine to not be super built. But he is, like, not fun size. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> he is... He's muscular. He, the, the problem is that he's comparing <laughs> himself to the men on his season who were Dotton level. Yeah, what? He's tall. like 5'11 or something? Yeah, he's. I think he's like almost Come six on. feet. Come on. Come on. Just round that up to six feet, Joey. Everyone else does. So they practice sword fighting and staring into Joey's eyes to show them their souls. Normally, this is an extremely awkward part of a date, but Joey fucking loves this shit. He's like, I love eye contact. I'm obsessed with doing eye contact with people. This is so my shit. Let's do this. (laughs) I've never seen a man who loves eye contact this much. And we know he really does because I think a few of the women have commented on it in earlier episodes. You can see how he's always like really intensely looking into women's eyes when they're talking. And as he's doing this date, he's like smiling and happy. He's like, yeah, let's like stare into each other's eyes. He doesn't seem uncomfortable at all. Kelsey A takes the opportunity to dive in for quite a healthy open mouth kiss. Great move, Kelsey. We also see Daisy give him a few little kisses. And then we see Autumn note in her in the moment that it's a little awkward at this point because you can start to see the connections he's developing with women who have had more one-on-one time. So that that like disconnect is starting to grow where a good number of women have a good connection with him and a good amount still don't. And that gap is widening. Then they do the sausage wheel. So... <laughs> They, they sort of, but try, but not too hard to convince us that this is a real thing that Maltese knights would have done. The older male knight is explaining the game, and then he's like, everyone used to play this game. I know it. And they're sort of playing this for a laugh. Like, obviously, he's not selling at all that this is a real <laughs> game that everyone used to play. <laughs> there is, a like, a maypole of sausages. Yes. Right? It's like And a, cheese. And cheese. Don't forget the cheese. Sorry. Also cheese. So there's like a pole with a a wheel above their head height with strings dangling from all around with sausages and 
wedges of cheese. And <laughs> it really looks like a maple. And then the wheel turns and they are supposed to catch a sausage or piece of cheese with their teeth in order to, I guess, complete win. the game. Win. <laughs> I don't really understand the rules because some of the women just grabbed one with their hands and so they got to stop doing it earlier. But they didn't Honestly, win. <laughs> I I respect that, frankly. Well, they admit that they cheated. Oh, yeah. some Someone was like, some of these women are just cheating and they're just grabbing it with their hands. Cut immediately to Allison being like, oh, I cheated. Yeah. I Allison, cheated. Yeah. I, I really respected Allison in that moment. She's like, I'm going to own it. This wasn't a game for me. So <laughs> I exited stage left. I yeah. also appreciated that one of the knights tells Joey, oh, you can stand over by that barrel. And he says, no, I, I'm participating. I would never make the women do something that I wouldn't do. And it just changes the vibe from so something much. that could have been played for total humiliation to something that is just really goofy and Joey's in it with them. Totally. Like, I completely agree. I think that's a big part of why group dates have been better vibes as well as that Joey is trying to be in there with them as much as possible and it makes it feel like it's something they're all doing together and it's fun instead of them being, like, watched and judged and potentially humiliated by doing something gross or demeaning. Like, this could definitely be a very demeaning, gross thing. But instead, he, like, immediately just, like, hops in there and they're like, oh, Joey, are you going to are you gonna go for sausage or cheese? And he's like, I'm going for whatever hits me in the face. And they all <laughs> laugh and laugh. Like, he he's part of the experience. And I think that's just such a good dynamic to bring into a relationship, too, going forward. Like, the idea that, like, he's someone who's definitely going to want to be next to you with whatever challenge you have or like annoying thing you have to do and i'm just like so charmed by him i I, it's embarrassing it's embarrassing to me Um, it's always embarrassing to like a man it's so embarrassing and like very detrimental to me living my values uh the dance of the sugar plum fairy plays over the scene as the women are hit in the face by sausages Some of them, of course, end up just grabbing the sausages with their hands, as we mentioned. But some hardcore women are determined to do it right, like Autumn, who finally is able to get a mouthful of sausage. I really respected it. Chomping. Until that point, I really was worried that they were raw, but I don't think you can take a bite out of a raw sausage like that. So they must have been cooked, thank God. The smell seemed incredibly pungent because everyone says that they're on the verge of vomiting just from the scent, even Joey. I just find that so bizarre because, like, sausages are delicious. Like, they're cooked. But that's what made me wonder if there was something, if they had just really been baking in the sun <laughs> for a long time. Something yeah. was off with the sausages, just, Claire. I think it was, like, partly The way just they like were cured is, Being I slapped in the face with a sausage maybe is less appetizing to have that. <laughs> pungent smell and juiciness kind of hit you in the face as opposed to being able to like use your knife and fork to like cut off a little tasty piece of it yeah i don't know i don't know but autumn sticks with it she's hit in the face by many juicy sausages and then she finally gets a bite and she wins the extra time with joey so they go look out at the water together they make out a little bit she's like i i wouldn't want to do this with anyone else This is the most meritocratic moment I've ever seen on this show. I mean, this is how 
you actually kind of tamp down on unnecessary drama is to have a game that you can cheat at and be silly, but then you don't actually get an advantage. Like, they could get out of getting the sausages by just grabbing one, but they're not going to win. Like, you have to put in the extra effort. Because imagine if, like, someone who just grabbed a sausage from the floor had won the extra time. I could see things definitely taking a dark turn in the They would have gone that route if they wanted to create extra drama, but Right, but they, they don't need to because they have they have enough. They have plenty. Yeah, they have the two-on-one. Night date for the night date. As they begin, Jess admits that today was actually kind of a revelation for her because she saw how many good connections Joey has developed. And she's not feeling that, like, early front-runner cockiness anymore. She's like, I really need more time with him. Daisy and Joey have some time first. They talk kids. And then Joey says the most insane thing I've heard him say. He says, quote, I want a boy for sure. But if it's twins, I want girls. I can see them with pigtails. What are you talking about? Like, respectfully. (laughs) (laughs) What is going on with twins? There is also a very odd conversation on Love is Blind between two people. Yeah. About twins. This is it's not giving anything I th- away. You know but what I think it is? I think that it's I think that it's parenting influencers. I genuinely believe that. I think that people see parenting influencers with these very photogenic families and the things that they can do if they have twins versus if they have a boy or a girl, like in terms of outfits and cool names, and they're like, Oh, that's what I want. I do think it like promotes this idea of thinking about kids as if it's an accessory you're gonna pick out, even yes, for otherwise also- normal people. <laughs> Also, the fact that they all just have these names off the top of their head to throw out yeah. made me feel like you're watching those baby name TikToks that certainly get served to me yeah. all the time. Yeah. I mean, I will say, full disclosure, I had baby names picked out for like a decade before I had kids. And I did use them. I had to turn one of them into a boy's name. But... uh but these are very influencery. I, I guess, yeah, it's not, it's, it's not just that they had names. It's actually what the names were. Because Joey yeah. says something, I think Joey says Emily, Emily which yeah. is just very, very normal. But Daisy's felt straight off of baby name TikTok, which is an entire subset of TikTok. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know a fair number of celebrity and influencer kids with all of these names. She offers up Colette, who would go by Coco, Ocean, and Teddy. And he's like, yours are better than mine. And I'm like, every, like, and this is, it's fine. No one's name needs to be totally unique, but these are classic, like, they sound unique, but actually every child now has them (laughs) names. I know, it's great. (laughs) Also, to be fair, Daisy is 25 and doesn't seem like she's in such a rush to to have babies immediately. Yeah, she's got time. Joey then tells Kelsey A that it's hard for him not to focus on her the whole time. He always sees her focusing on him during dates. He really, really likes Kelsey A. He really does. I find it so interesting. He he is super into a number of women who are very different from each other and who also don't have that sort of like classic bachelor hottie polish. Yeah. Like, Kelsey seems a little more normal, like, a little, like, goofy and, like, even awkward sometimes in an endearing way. But, like, usually the people we see jumping out as front runners are just so, like, self-possessed and, like, sexy. And 
So I find it interesting, the different women he goes for. He, I love that he has a variety of tastes. Joey tells, It makes for such a more interesting show. Oh, 100%. Joey tells Rachel that he promised if she wore glasses, he would do it too. And she's wearing glasses. And I'm like, there's so much backstory we're not getting in here. Why? Yeah, as as a, some, a contacts and glasses wearer, I was like, what's going on? Did she get an eye infection? Did she lose her contacts? Was she unable to get a refill? Yeah, I'm going with her eye contact was smacked out of her eye by a wedge of Stilton because <laughs> I think she was wearing Oh, you're right. She was not earlier. She, I guess maybe yeah, maybe they didn't return to the hotel so she couldn't get a new contact. But she had glasses. I guess she was very prepared. I it almost seemed like they had a little bit between them that we didn't see. Yeah. Um but he puts on glasses. Joey, and wear glasses more often. I just I happen to enjoy a man in glasses. Yeah, they, they work for him. Kelsey T is really starting to struggle at this point with not getting more time. So when she does get time with him, she asks what he needs from her in a relationship. And he says quality time is all he needs. He asks about her and she says, you know, just like actions. Doesn't need to be something big, but just like actions, movement, and I was like, what is she talking about? But then Joey kisses her and she seems satisfied with that. So I guess that was an action. A enough. kiss and a rose are both an action. There you go. Joey says that he gets so excited when he talks to her, he feels a flutter and that he like gets lost in their time together. He seems really into her too. I'm like, where he is, is her one on one? I think I, I think she will get a one on one. Yeah. I think she it's coming. Jess mentions to Joey that they haven't talked for a while. And she's like, I hope it's not a trend. And he's like, well, I'm happier here. She tells him that she can feel herself falling for him whenever they have time together. And it's scary to say that. And they kiss. I feel like Jess, I'm not feeling optimistic about Jess. I'm getting very strong, like early front runner who just stagnates and never ends up getting the one-on-one. I don't think Joey's that into Jess. I think he likes her. Yeah. But I think that... he really likes Daisy and Kelsey and Kelsey and Lexi. It, yeah. And even maybe Maria. Like, it's just too many. There's yeah. too many. And Rachel. There's too many excellent connections. And I think she has fallen into the middle of the pack at this point. Absolutely. Yeah. I think she had, like, some qualities, like, being outgoing and, like, bubbly and cute that night one were very appealing. And now he's getting to know women on a deeper level. She's not standing out anymore. Joey gives the rose to Kelsey T and in his in the moment, he says he leaves every time in a group setting with Kelsey T on the forefront of his mind. Back at the hotel, the date card has finally arrived. Sydney and Maria meet me on the water. They are alone, of course, in classic uh, group date and two-on-one date week fashion. Lexi is stuck in the middle of a very tense, silent vibe in the hotel suite with Sydney and Maria, who will not speak to each other. And Maria is feeling very anxious. She's like, I don't know what Sydney is going to call me tomorrow, but she's clearly trying to stay upbeat. She says to Lexi, like, well, I guess I'll get to see some of Malta and that'll be nice. In her in the moment, Sydney says that she is getting tortured. But she knows she's in the right, and Joey is a smart guy. He'll see that Maria is the problem. What we do see... not reading the room. uh, No. Maria says to Sydney, like, I know how I want to move forward. Whatever you want to do moving forward is also your choice. And we're going to both get the chance to do that with Joey today. And again, I'm just like, 
Sydney is not pointing to a lot of clear examples, and I'm not seeing a lot of clear examples of her being tortured. It just more seems like she feels tormented whenever she literally sees or speaks to Maria. But that doesn't entirely seem like Maria's fault. <laughs> like, right. if it's torture to hear someone say to you, like, well, tomorrow's going to be awkward, but we'll do our best. If it's torture for you to hear that, that's difficult. But it doesn't really seem like it's that person's fault. I don't know. She's really, I feel like Sydney is really, like, either she is being tormented in some way that is being edited out or flying under the radar completely, or she's, like, playing on the collective fear of, like, what if we ignore the fact that someone is being, like, abused and, like, we don't believe them. You know, like, part of me wants to be like, well, she says she's being tortured, so I guess she's being tortured. I think that among her small group of close friends, there is a distaste for Maria. And yeah. so she has generalized that to the point where she, again, sees herself as this conqueror who's going to take down the dra like, slay the dragon and be the hero. yeah. And it's just a in, an incorrect read, yeah, of of the group and of her position within the group. It's also like it's so it's very off. It's so short sighted to me that she went really hard on this and did not see that it would end up with her being on a two on one. Like she's like, why is this happening to me? And I'm like, I don't know because you inserted yourself into a small conflict, made it a really big conflict, and you won't let it go. Like that is a classic two on one date recipe. You volunteer the only way to that be in that position. Two on one, <laughs> right? And you keep being like, I'm gonna be. I I have to do it. I have to be the one to tell Joey. Okay, well then you have to be on the two on one. Like you volunteered for this position. Maria did not volunteer for this position, even if she has been to blame for any part of this conflict. She clearly is not the one trying to turn it into a big thing that would get her on a two-on-one. But you did. So don't be surprised. The next morning, Sydney and Maria pack their bags up. They leave for the date together in stony silence. Maria's in a clingy, sheer, like lemon yellow knit dress. And Sydney is in jean shorts and Maria is very anxious about what Sydney will say but she's like I'm just going to be honest and be myself and then I think we have a clip of what Sydney's plan for the day is I think that this needs to happen Maria is not suitable to be his wife and I need to get this girl out of here I do have a little bit of a game plan going into today Unfortunately, like, I want to be excited to hang out with Joey, but I'm dreading it because spending a whole day with Maria is like spending the whole day with the devil. With Jesus. the devil. She's like, I've spent the day with the devil, let me tell you. He doesn't have a patch on Maria. <laughs> this is going to be so terrible. Also, like, the Carolyn Bingley language here, she's not suitable to be his wife. I know. <laughs> it's like, what is it, 1812? Like, this is, we're not, like, evaluating women like they're, like, wife products that are on the shelf at a store in 2024. She's about to ask Maria to play some piano and demonstrate <laughs> her proficiency in foreign languages. <laughs> uh, and, and, like, to admit that you have a game plan is almost, like, 
bad tactics also because it always makes it look like you are the instigator. Which it seems like she is here. She also actively says, goes into the date saying, Maria's going to be my focus, not Joey. Right. Uh, 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 Like, (sighs) study the show before you go on, guys, or this will happen to you. Uh, Unless, you know, unless this was her choice and she embraced this, this role and, you know, we all make choices in life. Back at the house, Lexi asks Allison how she's holding up. And Allison says, you know, I'm hoping Maria comes back and has the time to show Joey who she is so that they can kind of move past this. Leia, Kelsey A, and Jess are also having a girl chat. And Leia says she hopes Sydney comes back. But Maria has had the time with Joey outside of the drama. And Sid hasn't had that. And then Jess says, I just don't see Maria being Joey's person. I think Sid would be a better fit. I disagree. I've seen zero connection between Joey and Sid. This is just a way that people have on this show of being like, if they're a good person, in my eyes, then they would be a good fit with the lead. And if they're not, they'd be a bad fit. If they're someone that I personally connect with and enjoy, then what more? What more does Joey need? I know we're not seeing every side of Sydney. I wish that we were seeing more because it's hard for me to understand why she has friends based on what we're being shown. And I'm sure there's a reason. But like, we also haven't really seen her have any one-on-one time with Joey that isn't just about her solemnly bringing these concerns to him. And if you actually saw him interacting with Maria and interacting with Sydney, I think that you would say that Maria was a better fit, even if ultimately she wasn't, in your opinion, very good for him because she's a bad person. Exactly. Like, she's probably still a better fit. Joey, meanwhile, says he still feels excited about both women, but there's animosity. And he says, I can't get past the fact that there's something going on I can't understand. Same, Joey. He says he doesn't know who's telling the truth. Is Maria Bully or is Sydney making something bigger than it needed to be? Joey comes out to the small, like, yacht that they took to meet him. They're both, like, draped on the prow, ignoring each other, as we saw He's in, the in a little open. rowboat. <laughs> He comes out in his little boat and he sits between them. He's like, your boat's bigger than mine. I'll come up there. And then he comes up and hugs them. And he's like, this is weird, but we have a fun activity planned. We're going to go explore the Blue Grotto. And then they immediately get right back off the yacht to get in the little boat for the rest of the excursion. I'm like, why did he Why did he have to go up there? Because they needed that shot of Joey <laughs> sitting in between the two of them. Of course. The Blue Grotto looks gorgeous. Yeah, well, you and Maria both agree on that. Um, we don't know Sydney's thoughts on this because all that she talks about is how much Maria sucks. Their different approaches to the date after they get on the little boat with Joey very quickly become clear. Maria is trying to overcome the awkwardness and tension by kind of treating this as a one-on-one. Not like, you know, she's clearly editing herself a little bit to to not be too rude to Sydney. She's trying to be aware that Sydney is there, but she's trying to have like the high spirits and the banter with Joey and the fun energy that she would have on a one-on-one. She's like commenting on the beauty. She's touching Joey's arm a lot. She's joking like, oh, Cicely's so close. Like take me to Sicily next. I think this was a good move. Yeah, that's what you have to do. Like you're never going to look more appealing by being the one who is Sour-faced and silent. Yeah, which is what we see Sydney being. In her in the moment, she's like, again, 
This is torture. I'm showing up for Joey by being here, and I hope he appreciates that. Yeah, he's going to be like, well, she was miserable to be around the whole time, but she did come to the date. So, Sydney, will you accept this rose? She says, Maria's cracking jokes, and I cannot bring myself to do that. I'm on a two-on-one with someone who completely disrespects me repeatedly, and it sucks that I'm put in this position. Babe, you put yourself there. We've got you, to work on that taken responsibility thing. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's no way that you would have been in this position if you had, like, accepted Maria's first attempt to make peace, like, two and a half episodes ago. You would not be in this position. She does share with the group that she is claustrophobic, and so she's nervous about the cave. In her in the moment, Maria also has some pretty harsh thoughts about Sydney, to be fair. I think we have a clip. Misery loves company, and she's trying to ruin my time here. Like, I was trying to be so happy today. Oh, that's really nice, though. That's pretty. I was literally, like, like taking it all in, and then it's like she's just a sucker, like a blood sucker. She just, my energy is gone. Slowly by slowly, every time I'm sitting with her, talking to her, I have no energy. And it's her. She's a vampire. Everyone knows about energy vampires these, these <laughs> I know. days. She watches what we do in the shadows. <laughs> I I would like to just note for those who are keeping track that Maria is like the devil and Sydney is a vampire. So, who will vanquish who? Yeah. Hard to say. Who is stronger, a devil or a <laughs> vampire? I mean, that does kind of forecast the outcome of this date, to be honest. <laughs> true. After the excursion, they sit... And like on shore and Joey asks how they are and Maria says good and Sydney says this is tough for me Sydney this is not the way he asks Sydney to chat first and before we see their conversation she gives another in the moment that I just had to write everything down so here's what she says it's really hard for me to pretend that everything's okay Genuinely, my body has been taking a toll from the anxiety that she has caused. I had, like, stomach issues from the intense stress of just walking into a room and not knowing when she's going to attack Sorry. And not knowing when she's going to attack me. Joey's trying to find a wife, and I know that I'm the one for Joey. It is 110% not Maria. But he's only seen the version of her that she gives to him. It sucks that I have to occupy my time, again, talking about Maria. But the truth needs to be said. You don't have to. You don't have to. Also, this is giving a very body keeps the score. Yeah. That's <laughs> the vibe. Exactly. It's it's going to be translated into epigenetic trauma that's going to be passed down through generations. I mean, I laughed a little bit just because the visual that was brought up by that was truly of Maria, like, hiding behind doorway <laughs> to, like, spring out at her. And... Maybe she is very stressed by Maria's presence. We have certainly seen them exchange sure words in which is. Maria has been quite harsh. But we actually, we have not seen Maria attack her unprovoked. We have only seen Maria respond to Sydney, bringing up things that are, you know, criticisms of Maria that Maria thinks are quite unfair and that she thought she had resolved and gotten past. That's the only time that we have seen Maria attacking her. So this idea that Maria is, like, lying in wait for her to, like, randomly ruin her morning is just, for us, in what we've seen in the edit, it's not borne out. Yeah, I agree. I mean, sure, I can imagine a very uncomfortable social dynamic 
where you feel that someone doesn't like you and that is that's not a nice feeling. But again, that means Maria's also experiencing that because Sydney right. thinks Maria's the devil. Right. <laughs> yeah, everyone is experiencing the stress of this at this point. And Sydney is maybe the person who has done the most to continue that stressful dynamic. So she sits down with Joey and she says it's a tough week and she came into it feeling really scared. Joey immediately apologizes and says he wants her, Maria, and all the women to feel comfortable at all times. (laughs) Joey. (laughs) He's just so cute. It's it's not going to happen. This is The Bachelor. Uh, Sydney says after he left the pool party, all hell broke loose and Maria started attacking her again in front of the group. And the other girls tried to step in, so she told Leia to shut the fuck up. Everyone heard it. Leia brought it up later. And she says the common denominator in every issue in the house has been Maria. The person Maria has been toward me and others is not the person you would want your wife to be. And if I was Joey, I would be genuinely so alarmed by this. Of course. I mean, especially using words like attacking. Like, I think that you can definitely frame Maria's tone as attacking, but that is going to convey a much stronger meaning than if you had equally accurately said something like she, you know, became very upset and was defending herself, like, really vigorously. Because of what I said to you about her. It's the missing, missing reason for the conversation is that Sydney, once again, was like, I feel personally victimized by you out of like nowhere. No one was talking to Sydney. It's not like Maria just started attacking her. It's because Sydney was like, you victimized me. And I want to talk about that right now. And Maria was like, I stopped talking. I didn't victimize you. We also did not see her tell Leia to shut the fuck up. We did not see that. I was pretty irritated by the fact that they did not do more to... Yeah, tell us whether that happened or not. Right. Did it happen? You have the footage. Because she's saying it happened in that group conversation, which we did see a good amount of, so... Or at least ask Leia and give us an in-the-moment of Leia. Like, something to stitch this together. I I don't know what to go off of. And neither does Joey, I was going to say, neither does Joey. So, (sighs) Joey says he doesn't want to be with anyone who who would cause drama, but their stories are just so different, and that's why he's confused. Now it's Maria's turn. They walk away and she makes one of those comments that made me think like, I can see why it would maybe be hard to be in a group dynamic with Maria if you were not getting along. Because what she says is, how could Sydney be so sad on vacation? And I'm like, focus on yourself (laughs) right now because it is making it look like you are needling Sydney a little bit if you're making these comments about her. Joey then apologizes to her up front for the unpleasantness of the date. He's like, I want clarity on what happened. Maria says that she had left everything in LA long before it even came to his attention. She just wanted to focus on their connection. And then she's like, but, you know, hearing what Sydney was saying about how this was really hard for her, I'll be honest, it's pissing me off to even be here. She's like, I'm just here to further our connection, not to do this. And like, I know you need clarity, but like, this is not how I want to spend our time. And then he's like, okay, but I I have to ask if you told Leia to shut the fuck up. And she seems shocked and is like, absolutely not. I would never say that. It's so vulgar. It's such a lie. Me, a lady, I would never say the word fuck. so vulgar. (laughs) Uh, Joey 
then it says, well, you know, Sydney just basically left me with the very strong impression that it was just a terrible situation for everyone and you absolutely had to leave. And he's like, look, I don't expect you all to be friends, but we just need to have a reasonably comfortable environment for the purpose. And she's like, I completely agree. But like, I love that he said that. Yeah. I know. He's like, we're all doing a job right now and we <laughs> yeah. just, you don't we need to, to be have... best friends, but we need to maintain a safe work environment. A safe work environment for everyone. He's doing HR right now. He's, it's a good camp counselor moment, honestly. <laughs> she asked if this would be something he could look past, and he says that he doesn't know, but he wants to try. He always comments on how real their connection is, and I do find that to be true, actually. Like, yeah. in this moment that he's not saying, like, yes or no. He's just like, I don't know. I and don't know. And she's also being honest about her own frustrations she doesn't overly streamline her words in order to only come off nicely to him which is also why I think it's interesting that the criticism is she shows a different side of herself because I think Maria has actually shown some of her harshness and critique to Joey yeah no what they don't realize is that Joey finds that to be very real and he he likes that about her. Does that mean that they would be well-suited in the long run? I don't know. But it is the case that that is one of the things he finds most appealing about her. Maria is now absolutely livid. She's like, she's a liar. I'm over it. She returns to sit next to Sydney and immediately confronts her. I believe we have a clip. I'm not going to say much at this point because I feel like what he brought to my attention was so shocking that I was like, okay, you've made up some BS this entire time. But like, I told Leia to shut the up. I told Leia, yeah? You know we're on camera the entire time, right? Maria, you have not taken ownership for all of the things that you've done, the things you have said. Oh. And then Maria's like, well, I have owned up to calling you a shitster and like troublemaker because you look at what you're doing. She's like, no one is coming to your defense. No one else is telling Joey they're scared of me. Why why are you doing this to me? You're the only one who's had a problem with me. And Sydney says, you are the one that's doing it to me, to everyone in the house. And Maria's everyone. like, well, where is everyone else with these allegations? It is the weird thing, though, where other people do have a problem with Maria, but they certainly aren't saying that to Maria they or have to a Joey. distaste for Maria and they are doing the smart thing which is understanding that you're not gonna gel with everyone all the time and so they're gonna keep that to themselves maybe maybe it's gonna come out a little bit in the girl chats but they're not going to escalate it into a full-blown conflict because it is right. unwise to do so well and because Sydney is there to do it right like they uh, can just right. sit back and be like way to go Sydney you're the best and not have to stick their necks out. Um, but it's I also get the sense that she's generalizing. At, I don't like when people say everyone feels this way. Everyone yeah. thinks this. Because that is obviously not true. There are obviously, I don't think it's only Sydney who feels this way. But it's not everyone. It's not, everyone. not everyone has the same feelings. Yeah, we see like a range of feelings, really. We right. see like a group of women who equally dislike Maria but don't want to be the ones to stick their necks out we see women who are friends more with Sydney and like sympathetic but they're like she really needs to let this go and then we see some women who are really close to Maria and and think she's being unfairly targeted 
So Sydney is trying to play off of this idea that she's doing this for the whole house. And I was like, kind of, again, I was like, show us the footage. Did she tell Leia to shut the fuck up? By invoking the cameras, she seems pretty confident that they're not going to put play footage of this. But that could be a gamble that production is playing along with her on. Like, maybe it happened. The thing is that Maria is harsh enough in her language when she is mad that I could see her saying that. So I'm we not... We just haven't seen evidence We haven't it. seen it. And Sydney's response seems weird. Like, she's just like... She doesn't, she doesn't respond with the bluster that you would assume if you think someone is fully lying to your face about something that you witnessed them say. Right. She it doesn't seems, say, what are you talking about? You know you said that. We all witnessed it. We discussed it. Right. It seems more like she's trying to, like, move the goalposts in her right. response is the vibe where she's like, um, well, you just haven't owned up to anything that you've said. And maybe, again, that could have been done in editing. I'm just like, the, this conflict is so bizarre at this point that I, I keep falling back on, like, what is happening in the edit to explain why people would be acting this way. Meanwhile, Joey is summing up his dilemma, which is that if he believes Maria and Sydney, if he believes Maria and Sydney was right, the drama won't get left behind. If he believes Sydney and Maria was right, he'd feel terrible for, you know, giving up on her. Um, I think that Joey and the audience are, we're not in the same position. We've seen a lot more than him. But I think we're both in the situation where, like, we could probably get some more clarity if production would just, like, help us out a little bit. Like, I, why is he not talking to any of the other women about this? Like, this all has to get resolved on a two-on-one without anyone else there to, like, he can't ask Leia what happened. He's not doing any sort of investigation around the house. Meanwhile, we're not being given access to any other info. We don't know what Leia says about this. We haven't seen the footage. And I ask you again, ABC, do the Bravo thing. Show us the tapes. It feels a little sloppy. It makes me feel like they're like, we just, whatever footage we have would play into a narrative that's inconvenient or we just don't want to, we don't have it. You know, we don't have the footage either way. So they're just relying on everyone being distracted by... Or they want to create a situation where the audience can try to litigate a conflict that's impossible to litigate. Yeah. And I find it frustrating. Then it's time for the night date because Joey needs more time to figure things out. So Maria and Sydney put on their teeny tiny dresses and head off to their, their little dinner with Joey. Maria is stressed and she says she's ready to leave if Sydney stays at this point. Which I think is honestly a fair reaction yes. given the the environment she's been in at this point. Sydney is feeling confident because she said what she needed to say and she thinks Joey will make the right decision. I I feel like she thinks he is like a judge. That she is like, he is King Solomon. I have brought to him <laughs> my dilemma and he will issue a ruling on the righteous path forward. And that's just not his role. He's going to pick the person that he's more into. And why would you think that's you? There's no evidence of it. And I actually appreciated that Joey lays this out for us. He says, you know what? Tonight is actually not about finding out the truth. I'm I'm not going to get the truth from the two of them. And so I just have to actually assess who I want to date. Yeah. 
<laughs> he's like, I just have to choose who I have the stronger connection with. And that's like gambling that you kind of have to take too, because it's not that much of a gamble in the sense that he's not going to miss Sydney when she's gone. So <laughs> giving her up might end, end the conflict. And at the very least, it won't be a source of regret to him that he ended their relationship. Whereas with Maria, there is the chance of that regret. And so that's the path you've got you've to take. It's just rational at this point. He thanks the woman for their courage in being on the date. And he says he has one more question to find clarity, even though he has, he tells them, given up on finding the truth. <laughs> and his question for each of the women is if she thinks there could be a potential future with him. And he asks Sydney first. And Sydney says, yes. She says the reason she's been speaking her truth and putting herself in unpleasant situations is because she sees so much potential with them. I don't believe that. Me showing up is me <laughs> fighting for you, and it shows the partner I would be for you. And Joey doesn't believe her either. He has a follow-up question, which is like, really? <laughs> He's like, do you think there's been a legitimate connection in the short time we've had? And she's like, yes, absolutely. This is like... The, she has specifically and directly contradicted this herself to us by saying that, like, she's really... This has prevented her from having a connection to Joey. Right. And that she's really kind of focused on Maria at this point. Like, she's almost explicitly said that she is more focused on being the person to take down Maria than she is on her connection with Joey at this point. She has absolutely explicitly said that. Yeah. In her, in the moment, Maria says that Sydney is weirdly confident, but if he wants someone who lies about her and says what he wants to hear, he's not her guy. It is extremely true that Sydney's answer is peak saying what he wants to hear, but this is where Sydney miscalculates because Joey does not want to hear some boilerplate about how they definitely have a connection and she just wants to fight for him. He wants, he wants a real response from a woman who's like, I'm not so sure about you anymore because of the way things have been going. It's when he asked Maria the question, she's like, when I first came, I absolutely saw that future. I was giddy about you. I had a feeling I hadn't had in a long time. But now after all this craziness, I, ha I have a lot of unanswered questions. I showed up for this date only for you, but I need some clarity. And that's my truth. And I was like, Wow. I, I respected this. Damn, this takes this takes some confidence. This was fascinating to me because I think this is extremely male contestant coded. I think we have yeah. seen a fair amount of men on The Bachelorette pull this move where they are the protagonist now. I, I've been really fascinated. I've been listening to, you know, you know, the podcast Bachelor in Retrospect, as I've mentioned, and they're going through some of these older seasons. And you see this a lot with a male contestant who's the front runner who will, in his language, start to make it as if he's the one on the journey and he's the one who needs clarity and he's the one who has like other options that he needs to consider. And we very rarely see this from female contestants. That's so true. And it's, I, it's kind of wild and ballsy to watch. I, yeah. I mean, this the is a misinterest in me where I'm like, I hate it when men do it. <laughs> exactly. But I'm kind of impressed when Maria does it. Well, yeah. But I think that, like, that 
context is relevant. Like, I do think that for men, it does seem like more of a red flag because it it connotes that, like, same entitlement that men have because of how they've been socialized to move through the world. That's true. And, and that that's very easy for them to exploit because of the power dynamics of being right, in a world that's, that supports that's re- that. Rewarded in it's rewarded in the real world. And for a woman, sometimes, like, you just need that kind of wild entitlement just to balance out the scales in your relationships. So I'm like, good for you, Maria. You go on with your bad self. And also, to be fair to her, Joey literally told her, I don't know if I can look past what I've heard yeah. about you. So that yeah. would be a question you might have. Absolutely. I think it's fair for both of them to have reservations at this point. Yes. And Joey picks up the rose and he says that it means he sees a potential future. He turns to Sydney, again, not a student of the show because she beams. And he, of course, apologizes and says he can't give her the rose. He walks her out. She is in a very pretty dress. I took note of how cute it was at this point. Great platform heels. She look. She's a vintage store owner. She's great style. I there's something about Sydney and Maria that's interesting to me that they ended up in a conflict because I think they both are sort of more style forward. Like that, I almost associate them in a certain sense. That I think they both bring that vibe to the show. Yeah. Joey is like, you're amazing. I had to go with my stronger connection. But Sydney is a little shocked. She's like, Joey just doesn't know the real Maria. She sucks. But she gets to go see her cats now. And I am... I do love that for her. I love that for her. Inside, Maria asks again if Joey can still see things with her. And he says he's trying to work past it because of the feelings that he's had for her. And he says he appreciated the realness of her answer. And he offers her the rose. They then kiss as an opera singer belts Ave Maria from the balcony. This absolutely killed me. I, this is so funny. Imagine if Sydney had gotten the rose. What would they have done? I mean, Did probably just, the same thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess they could have. On and then the she'd off be chance. like, "She's gone," but like, I'm still hearing her name. Or it would have been the kind of thing where Maria's walking out and she starts to hear her name being. Oh sung. my god! So and much you could have done with that. So much it, you could have done. But I also think that they just knew that. Yeah, he was going to pick Maria. He probably knew at the beginning of the date. Yeah. He says, uh, she says, I got a rose and then I heard my name being sung from the heavens. Uh, Joey seems to now be feeling again like he really sees a future with Maria and they've only scratched the surface. I also think that like something about like the way that he's drawn to her realness interests me because I feel like that's also something that's so easy to manipulate. Like the same way that Sydney is just telling him what he wants to hear by saying nice things, you can definitely play that the other way, like negging him, basically. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see how their relationship develops because I do think that they have a I do think they have a real connection. And I do think we're gonna see a lot more of Maria on this season, but I also suspect that she's not the person he will end up with ultimately. Yeah. I, I think agree. they're yeah, I think he will probably end up with someone who's just more straightforwardly kind and even keeled. Yeah, I think he's going to end up with someone a little softer. And I think Maria's ultimately going to end up with someone who's a little more hard-edged, honestly. Than yeah. Joey. Yeah. But they do have a really fun rapport. Yeah. 
He's also just like so good at like having banter with people. And you can see how that allows you to have that kind of flirtation with a lot of different kinds of people. Like his banter with Maria is great. Back at the house, a producer takes away Sydney's suitcase, her tiny suitcase. Like clearly they have more suitcases than this. This is just the symbolic suitcase. The women gasp. And many of them seem very sad, but Allison is smiling. Cocktail party day arrives. Peaceful music is playing as the women get ready for the night. Maybe the drama's over. Maria is happy. She's like, I just want everyone to get time. I want to stay in my lane and not ruffle feathers. And she's like, I know it's tough for some of the women who are close to Sydney. So I just want to respect that. And, and you know, obviously it was Joey's decision and not mine in the end. This is very reasonable take. It's just so reasonable. Like, I, I can see why she is ruffles feathers and she's like a little brash and like makes jokes that are not always super mindful of everyone's how everyone will receive them but like i don't think we ever saw sydney account for the possibility that it's okay for someone to like maria and to be friends with her absolutely in this way like she's just like they're sad because their friend is gone their friend was horrible to me but i i understand that they're sad i don't want to upset anyone honestly this is Something that we see among some of the other women as we head into this cocktail party. Oh, yeah. That there is this, yeah, sudden urge to regulate how everyone interacts with each other and define themselves by some sort of unspoken team. Exactly. So Joey comes in and is wearing pink again, pink shirt with his blue suit. He addresses each date kind of individually and thanks the women for how they were on on each date. And he ends by saying that sending Sydney home was just him listening to his gut about his connections. And then they all get some time to talk to Joey. Joey and Jen like dip their feet in the pool. And this was so adorable. She, he's joking that he's embarrassed for her to see his feet. And she's like, I already saw them when we were surfing. And like, I almost left when I saw them. He's like, stop making fun of my toes. <laughs> Someone's putting these two on wiki feet. ASAP. <laughs> I know. I need to see the feet. <laughs> then they get serious. And she's like, you make me feel safe. I trusted you with my life during surfing. That's the only reason I could do it. And he's like, I don't know why you did. And she's like, yeah, it's weird how safe I feel with you. She brings up his ugly. To- he brings up his ugly toes again. And she's like, it's OK. And he's like, it's not OK. I hate them. <laughs> And she says, I accept you and all your bunions. (laughs) We then see some shorter conversations between Edwina and Joey and Caitlin and Joey. Kelsey A. has a sweet moment where she tells Joey that when she travels, she likes to buy a postcard. But because obviously they have no access to money, she was unable to do that during this particular trip. So she drew her own little postcard about their experience and he asks, like, why are there butterflies there? And she says, it's just because you give me butterflies. And he says, I could have guessed that, but I wanted to hear you say it. It's very sweet. And they make very out. Cute. They make out. Also, like, yeah, if you're on the group date, you basically don't get to go out in Malta at all, right? Like, they just went we right did, to. Though we did actually see them at the beginning. It seems like they the let them ha- do a little bit of exploring together, yeah. which I'm always happy no to see them do. souvenirs. No, they could go into the souvenir shops and touch things, but they can't. Not for keeps, Claire. Five-finger discount, just saying. Uh, (laughs) Medina brought him a gift. It is a night figurine. 
And she says that Medina is the capital of Malta, which is correct. And she learned that it means a city closed in by walls. Imagine on The Bachelor having a name that means a city closed in by walls. I mean, I know. What an incredible gift. I know. Because I, the metaphor would you believe it? She herself there. is closed in by walls. And she wants I to I let down those it. walls for him. <laughs> She's like, I want to share that it's been difficult. I've been vulnerable in a lot of areas, but I haven't been the most vulnerable with you on this journey. And she says that she has trouble opening up because something happened between her parents that led to a divorce and it shattered her trust in both of them and the concept of love. It sounds like something more traumatic than just an amicable separation. Yeah. It even sounds worse than just like a, an affair. Like it, both her parents, she lost trust in, like, it sounds like a really messy situation. And Joey thanks her and says that trust is earned and he doesn't want her to share things that aren't comfortable for her to share. My God, Joey, <laughs> you are I, fan fiction. I think I'm starting to have like a reverse bitch eating crackers situation here <laughs> where like if Joey were eating crackers, I'd be like, look at that dreamboat eating crackers. The way he eats crackers <laughs> is just so sweet and adorable. So sweet. He's so attentive to the crackers. <laughs> I know. What a delicate, like, gentle way he's eating those crackers. You can tell that he's really a good man. Um, and so he tell, says he can tell by her tone it's difficult for her to talk about this topic, and that's okay. And then they do a little trust fall. I'm going to have to take a break from, I can't, I can't face all this Joey cuteness. He catches her and then he says, I wasn't going to let you fall that far. Not in your heels. It's too much. Okay. (laughs) Take it down a notch, Joey. (laughs) He's thinking about her heels. It's just so sweet. You're making us like men and it's bad for our brand. It's bad for I'm not living my true my val- my true values right now. I'm standing a man. Medina heads back inside where things immediately start to go to shit. She was feeling great after this conversation and god forbid she be allowed to feel good for one second on this show because she yeah, has just Lord. been an emotional bone for the other women to pick over for this whole season. She's inside getting a drink. She's telling the other women that her time went well. She's laughing while Allison and Maria and Kelsey A are sort of doing a silly little bit, like feeding each other grapes. Meanwhile, Leah is watching, and she is not pleased. This was so annoying. (laughs) I'm sorry. It just, Leah looks like, how dare they? They're having fun. They're They're goofing off. They're having fun. They're eating grapes. There's zero harmful about what is happening. Everyone should just be icing Maria out now, I guess, because... I guess, yeah. This is... There's, like, some delusional understanding that a few of the women seem to share that they all agreed that no one would speak to or be nice to Maria ever again. And then they think that's not bullying is the thing right. that gets me, right? Like, why do you like, think that, that actually means you're kind. You? That means yeah, that, yeah. So in her in the moment, Leah says that she's upset that the other women aren't more sad about Sydney leaving. They're allowed to be as exactly as sad as they feel. Um, Leah, first of all, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And then she's upset, especially that they're being nice to Maria and Mer- Medina, most of all, because Medina was team Sid one minute and then started being friendly to Maria and asking her how her date went. <laughs> 
which was so You know so that wrong. if you show any kindness to someone, it means you hate your other friend. She decides it's time to be brave, use her voice, and bring some things to light. Is, is this what we are encouraging young women to be brave and yeah. use their voices for? Be brave, use your voice, ask your friend why she's talking to that bitch you hate. <laughs> So Leia pulls Medina for a chat outside, and I believe we have a clip of how she kicks this off. And I feel like I'm just like, honestly, like a little bit frustrated and pretty confused about how, like, you've navigated this Mm -hmm. because last night you called Sid, like, one of your best friends, and you were hoping she was going to come home. But Maria walks in the door and you kind of, like, switch up. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, Maria, I'm so happy for you. You look so good. Like, mm-hmm. your narrative changes a bit to kind of... Maria knows that Sydney and I are close. I don't have to be mean to Maria because Sydney was my friend. I'm not saying that you need to be mean. But that's why... Well, you act like I'm, like, purposefully doing this. I'm trying to navigate this situation the best I can. And I think, like, you critiquing how I'm doing it is... I just want, like, I just want to give, like, clarity. You don't have to understand how... You don't have to understand how I'm navigating this journey. I don't understand how you're doing or any other girls, but I'm not pulling them aside to tell them they should do it this way. Oh, my God. This was so wild to me. And I think you can probably tell we were both distinctly on Medina's side. This was just an inappropriate conversation to have. And also to me, nothing has highlighted more the age gap between yeah. Leia and Medina. Leia is 23. Medina is 31. Yeah. This must and this feel... Is, it's just a juvenile way to yeah. look at friendship and what friendship means. I mean, what really gets me is that Medina didn't ask for any of this to happen. No, and she all and she Maria has done made is try so long ago. Well, it started with something that Medina didn't ask for, right? right. Which is Sydney right. bringing this to her attention. And like Medina chose to not really follow up on that, right? Like it got out that, that it had been discussed, but Medina did not like go to Maria and make a whole thing. Medina did not. She just, she heard about it. She was like, that kind of sucks. No one pushed this further except for Maria and more so even Sydney. And at every point, the only way we see Medina like interact with this situation is to try to get peace between everyone. That she she didn't ask for this drama. She's trying to end it. When when Maria's like, you and I are good, she's like, No, I want you to be good with Sydney too. She is trying to look out for her friend and get her friend out of this drama that she knows is toxic and distracting. And Sydney is not working with her on that and ultimately gets sent home. It's not Medina's fault. Medina didn't ask for any of this. Medina tried to help Sydney get into a, a better position by ending the drama between all three of them. And Sydney did not go for it. And and now it's like Medina is obligated to bully someone else on Well, Sydney's that's what behalf? friendship is, Claire. You bully people your friends don't like. I mean, it's just completely outrageous. And what Medina recognizes is that people are complex and that they are all living together for the foreseeable future. And do you know what's a lot more pleasant? To not be in a feud with someone yeah. that you are living with. Yeah. In a high-stress situation. And then I I understand why Medina is so thrown off by the fact that someone who she also considers a friend is coming to her and putting her in the position of, like, you are threatening our friendship by the fact that you're not being mean to someone else. Yeah, you're not acting towards a- her in the way that I want you to to make me feel good 
about this other person who's no longer here. I mean, it's just wild. And, like, ultimately, Leia says, I just hold myself and my circle to a really high standard, and we just have different sets of morals and values. Like, what do you fucking say to that? Medina's just like, okay. And honestly, I would want to have different morals and values than Leia after watching this, because I... I do understand wanting to, like, really back your friend up and, and like, ride for them or whatever. But when that turns into you coordinating a group to ice out and be mean to a, someone else, you should be kind of looking inward about whether that is a healthy way for you to show up for your friend or whether you could show up for them in other ways. Like, for example, helping them extricate themselves from pointless drama and also your of, friend is no longer in this social situation yeah. that you are all in partly That's because you let you like encouraged her to get really into this drama that made her look bad on national tv so like i don't know why you think you're being such an incredible friend here i also think that Leia's maybe like kind of spinning out yeah because she had such a strong start and she felt like she did this big martyr-like thing by throwing the envelope in the fire with the steal a date power And then she was rewarded with the first impression rose. But now it's like episode four. She's not getting a one-on-one. She didn't even get a date the first week. I think she's starting to have a lot of anxiety and be like, I messed up, but I made the right decision. That's the kind of person I am. But like things are not going the way that I wanted. And I think that she's like on unstable emotional footing a little bit. Yeah, and she's kind of grasping at straws. Um. Yeah. (sighs) As they part ways... Leia says, bleep, bleep. Unclear what this is. They could have literally bleeped her saying anything. I think that we're supposed to assume that she said something like fucking bitch or something like that. Yeah, that was my first guess. But I mean, it could have been like by Medina. I don't know. We didn't hear any of it. But um, in her in the moment, she says that Medina's perspective is, quote, completely different than what I would perspectivize in this situation. I, I I hate when people perspectivize <laughs> things so differently. I'm always perspectivizing. And it's uh, always causing conflict. I know. Bully me. That's what a good <laughs> friend would do. She also, like, regroups then with Jess and Rachel and says, Medina just doesn't get it. She's like, my friend's at home. We will go to war for each other. And then she Again, says... Again, this made me think, oh, you're in your early 20s. She's so young. Yeah. And then she says, Sydney inserted herself for her, and Medina doesn't give a single fuck, but she wanted to use all our curling irons. Bring your own. <laughs> Why is it a favor that Sydney inserted herself and made herself the center of drama in Medina's name when Medina didn't ask her to do this? Why I, is that a favor? Why is that a gift? Again, Seems like it's been I, a real stressor for Medina. It really does. Like, maybe there's a bunch of footage on the cutting room floor somewhere of Medina being like, thank you for doing that. And again, if like tomorrow, if you could again really get into (laughs) it with Maria to shield me, I would really appreciate that. But mostly what we do see makes it seem like Medina wants to sink through the floor whenever this is happening. And like, she really doesn't want Sydney to keep, but she, but she's loyal to Sydney. Sydney is her friend. And so she doesn't want to be like, back the fuck off. It's, I don't know. It's crazy to me that like, Medina was basically just turned into, like, a cudgel for these women it's to, so to fight over with, each other with. And it even kind of continues with Maria. Maria hears that about what's going on. She approaches Medina and asks if she's okay. And Medina says, well, they were just upset that I was nice to you. 
And Maria's like, that's not okay. And I thought that she meant like it wasn't nice to Medina, but what she then says is, that hurts my feelings. I think she means both. I read it as both, but yes, she does center herself in this. She really does. And I don't think that it's with ill intent. Like, she clearly feels bad about Medina, but it's like, it's never really about Medina, is it? No matter what happens, it always is about Sydney or Maria. (sighs) I know. Medina then's like, I don't want to upset you. And Maria's like, I just, like, it's not nice. Why do I have to be the odd one out? Like, that really hurts my feelings. And Medina also says that Leia literally said that she's the reason Sydney got sent home. Which is ridiculous. Sydney is the reason Sydney got sent home. Sydney, did, no one asked Sydney to do any of this. No. So in <sighs> the moment, in her in the moment after, Maria seems distraught. It, she says, you know, I came in determined to be, like, sweet, nice Maria, hang back let everyone have their time. But she feels like no matter what she does, she just can't win. Yeah. she re- Maria rejoins the women. Um, Medina's there too and sits on the couch and she starts just quietly crying. She can't quite keep it together. We hear one of the women off camera just out of the frame. I think it's, we think it's Lexi. Says like, don't cry. Like, you know who you are. She's trying to to kind of help her steal herself. And then when it's clear that she's not going to be able to do that, Lexi is like, do you want to just go outside and I'll come with you? And the yeah. other women obviously see the two of them then get up and yeah. see Maria. And then crying. outside we see we see her saying like, it's okay. Like you've been pushed and pushed. Yeah. So we do get these moments where we see other women outside of this Sydney's group acknowledge that like Maria has been receiving a lot and she's she's not like just like unprovoked trampling roughshod over the house inside medina explains why maria is upset and Leia has what i did love that medina was like maria's upset i because she asked me how i was and i told her and then she's like to be clear maria's not upset about anything about me <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah she's like it's not, not about this me. one yeah <laughs> please do not associate me with yeah. this narrative anymore um then we hear Leia saying this in voiceover. We have a clip. Maria storms off in tears, and I want to say, like, I'm glad that that's the case. Yeah, she's just, I don't know. Honestly, like, she's a drama queen crybaby. I suspect that this was slightly, at least slightly Frankenbitten, but... Yeah, it seems it is, a little choppy. Yeah. It is just it's always not. funny when there's, like, drama like this, and one person is being like, she's such a drama queen crybaby, and meanwhile, we've seen her bestie that she's standing up for gives so many in the moments being like I'm being made chronically ill by the existence of this other woman (laughs) Maria goes to a producer we see her crying and telling the producer she just wants to go home and give her rose to someone else because it's too much and it seemed sincere to me she seemed like like maybe I should just leave I mean when it comes down to it I think we we see some moments from Maria here and there, as, as I'm always saying, of, probably sure. too much, where I understand how she's probably not reading the room. She's saying, making comments that are, you know, other women are not in a position to receive or that aren't as funny to them as they are to her, whatever. But the flip side of that is just that she has been like, quite obviously targeted by a portion of the house led by Sydney. 
who will not let her make nice. Like she wants to, she's trying to, she might continue to say things that they don't love, but that's kind of her personality. And it's not out of malice from what we can see. She is trying to make amends and move past things and they will not leave her alone. And I cannot imagine how stressful it would be to be in that environment, especially knowing that they are like getting in Joey's ear. And now in this moment, she's realizing that even though Sydney is gone, it's not, it's, it's not, it's going not to over. End. I mean, she yeah. says to a producer, just give them my rose, let them win. I just want to go home. Yeah. It just sucks. No one, I, I, we don't want any of the women to feel that way. Yeah. We like Joey want to want a healthy working environment for exactly. them. And her, her discomfort is well-founded because we at this point see Leia sitting down with Joey and very sweetly telling him that a lot of them are really shocked by his decision to send home Sydney because of how Maria has treated a lot of them. But she trusts his intuition and she knows he's smart. I am worried about this. I am too. I think that this is going to escalate. He's going to be like, I thought that sending Sydney home would fix this and it's not fixing right. it. So maybe she was right. So we'll see. I know. I'm just concerned for all of them. Yeah. Tonight, never fear, all the women will continue to be so terrified that another woman will lock down the only crushable bachelor we've seen in years that they just completely lose their minds. I get it. Like, imagine having Joey in front of you. He's looking into your eyes. He's like, there's just something here between us. I... I don't know what it is, but I feel so comfortable around you. Claire, and then Claire, it just slips too away. Much. You have to watch it marry someone else. Claire, I can't even imagine it. Okay, <laughs> it's too painful. <laughs> We've got to get to love to see it, hate to see it. Let's start with love to see it. Joey. I love to see Joey. (laughs) Everything he does and says, it just makes me love him more. He's so funny. He's confident. He's empathetic. He really sees women. He likes them for the people they are. He appreciates their specificity. It's too much for one (sighs) to bear. He knows what it's like for them to feel unstable in their heels. I, I don't know. I just love it. Claire's overcome. We also love to see production getting a little loose, letting Joey break the fourth wall here and there. It's fun. It humanizes him. I think it it makes the show feel like it trusts its audience a little bit more. And one sub point in this is that I love that Joey gave like a major quote unquote spoiler for an old show. And I found this especially funny because the Bachelor fandom is obsessed with spoilers. Getting them, not getting them, getting <laughs> yeah. them exactly when they want them. It's, yeah. Joey's here to spoil a show for you. I love to see another fun and silly group date that could have been made so dark and miserable and depressing and, and full of fighting and misery. And instead, they just played it for laughs. Joey got in there, had fun with them. And... I just, like, I feel like I really need at least one date and episode that is more funny than sad to really enjoy this show. And they're kind of, like, they're they're nailing that. They're striking the balance. Yeah. yeah, imagine if we had gotten a really dark date 
and then headed into the Leia stuff. Those are the kind of things that will leave me having to like post something with a dark filter on Instagram and be like, I can't watch this show anymore because I'm too destroyed. Like that is the kind of balance they were doing before. And no, I feel I feel good after watching an episode, even if there is drama, because it's me too. There's a little sweetness. And now it's time for hate to see it. I also hate to see Joey because I'm really losing myself by standing a bachelor and yet I can't stop. So I feel that I'm like drifting from who I aspire to be by watching this season. Are you the two fools as Jacqueline Novak would say? Oh my God, I am. I'm the two fools. Oh my God. Yeah, we're each the two fools. Don't worry, Claire, just to bring you back to earth, I do want to point out that Joey recently confused Gypsy Rose Blanchard with Ruth Bader Ginsburg. So, yeah, it's not not great. great, But, you know, they do have some similarities uh, in in sort of the cadence of their names. He said that he just (laughs) thought Gypsy Rose really looked like a Ruth, and the only Ruth that then came to his mind was the late Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, but it's not great. It's pretty bad. (laughs) She was a lot younger. She's visibly much younger than Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Um, Unfortunately, I do not feel my love for him receding rapidly enough, so we'll monitor this week by week. (laughs) It's a developing situation. (laughs) We also hate to see the Maria, Sydney, Leia, clusterfuck. It's just really confusing. Confusing. We're not, we keep hearing these accusations thrown out and then no footage to back them up. And it's just getting exhausting. Also, I just really hate to see Medina being dragged into this yet another I week. Know. I know. That's like its whole hate to see of its own is how Medina has had yet another week where she's just like a prop in a fight that she doesn't want to be in. I also hated to see Sydney blaming all her health issues on Maria existing, which seemed extreme. And I think that she should obviously blame Bachelor production for her luminously clear skin. And finally, of course, we hated to see Leia telling Medina that they have, quote, different morals and values, and that she holds herself and her friends to a higher standard because Medina's being nice to someone that Leia hasn't approved. Yeah, I have those good morals and values, the ones where you all gang up on someone. But you have a good reason, so it's it's good. Should we rate this episode in Camp Counselor Energy out of 10 ooey-gooey s'mores? I think this one was pretty high. I'm really thinking about the moment where he spoke so wonderfully to Lexi and made her feel safe and secure. Every good camp counselor should make all their campers feel seen. I'm also thinking about the fact that he really got in there and was like, I'm not going to make you play this game if I can't get in there and demonstrate and show you how much fun it's going to be. That is strong. That is strong. I almost would go nine for this episode, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I wanted to ding it for all the drama, but you're right. We get a lot of classic camp counselor energy. He's giving the women lots of validation. He's trying to promote a comfortable environment for everyone. And yeah, just the way that even he picked 
someone to win that group date challenge where I was like, yeah, this isn't going to piss off all the campers because they could see that Autumn really deserved her extra like popsicle at dinner or whatever. I, I was really impressed by his camp counselor energy this week. Well done, Joey. And on that note, that is it for this episode of Love to See It with Emma and Claire. Love to See It is produced by us, Claire Fallon and Emma Gray and Stitcher. This episode was edited by Talon Stradley. Our theme music is by Tamar Haviv and our art is by Celine Chang. Josephine Martirana is our executive producer. If you like our show, please remember to follow us, rate us five stars, leave a review, and of course, spread the word about Love to See It to all of your friends. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at claireandemmapod at gmail.com. You can also find us on TikTok at Love to See It Pod and on Instagram at claireandemmapod. And you can find our newsletter, Rich Text, on Substack at claireandemma.substack.com. I'm also on social media at Emma Lady Rose. And I'm at Claire E. Fallon. We'll be back tomorrow to recap episode five of The Bachelor. Can you keep up? I like love Stitcher. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, Eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes.